We continue our series, Hear Us Roar, this week. We are going to be looking at Ruth, so if you want to go ahead and turn into your Bibles to Ruth, uh, we'll kind of take a quick snapshot of that whole story. If you have the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along. We have a live event on there. You just need to go to the options line, find live events, and search our church, and you'll find that, and you can follow along in that as well. Um, I have a dog. I know this has changed, but I have a dog. His name is Griffin. He's a miniature poodle. And uh, he's pretty adorable. Uh, I also find him to be pretty annoying. Um, now, I complain about him a lot. I, I wish that he was better trained. But honestly, he is a really good dog. He's a really good dog. He's great with our girls. Uh, he, he listens for the most part. Um, and it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. Every time he sees me, he's always right there by my side, hoping that I'm as happy to see him as he is to see me. Uh, he doesn't always get that wish, <laughs> to be honest, but I will say for the most part, just so anybody is not accusatory, I do love my dog. Now, dogs are the ultimate examples of loyalty, right? Dogs will love you no matter what. Dogs are great. Like, there's a reason they call it man's best friend, uh, because dogs are loyal to the bone. No no pun there, no, no joke meant. They are loyal to the bone. Now, that type of loyalty is difficult to find in human friends, to be honest. To find somebody who's always going to be there no matter what happens, no matter what occurs, no matter what you say, no matter how many times you're harsh with him, is just something that we don't often find. And it's something that cannot be understated in its value. We all need to have friends like that in life. Hopefully everyone has at least one. Ruth was a friend like that. Ruth was that type of friend. She is the epitome of loyalty. She was loyal when the world, because of her circumstances, would have excused her being disloyal. They would have said, she's okay, she's done the right thing, look at what's happening to her. So we're going to talk about Ruth today, we're going to see exactly what loyalty is because she shows it time and time again. We're going to see the benefits of being loyal. We're going to talk about why we need to be loyal as well. So let's just start. Now I'm going to give a synopsis, synopsisize. Is that a word? I'm going to make it a word. Synopsisize. Most of this book will read some of the scripture itself. But the, the book of Ruth actually begins first by talking about Naomi. Uh, now she, honestly, in this book is kind of equal in, in match as far as attention goes. But uh, overall, the story is, is about Ruth. But Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. Now, Naomi has a husband named Eli Melech, and she has two sons, and they're Israelites. And in their life, they move to Moab. Now, the reason they make that move most likely is because of a drought or famine that was occurring in the realm that they lived, which was Bethlehem. And so they made the move. Now, not long after they make the move, Eli Melech dies and leaves Naomi a widow. In most cases, I have to tell you, and we've kind of talked about this before, that is like the absolute worst case scenario. For somebody in that time, a woman in that time, um, she now has to depend on other people, for the most part, taking care of her because the husband in that day and age was really the breadwinner, was really the person responsible for providing most of life's essential things needed. And so when this type of thing happened, women oftentimes became beggars and they depended on their family if they had other family to take care of them. Now, luckily for her, she had two sons. And those two sons married Moabite women. The first one is Orpah, not to be confused with Oprah, Orpah, and the second one was Ruth. Now, it says in Ruth, it tells us that after they were married, they all lived in Moab for about 10 years, and then both of her sons died. 
So she lost her husband. Now she's lost both of her sons. And so that kind of buffer she had with the sons who would be able to take care of her and provide for her is now gone. And so she has no other option but to leave Moab and go back to her people, the Israelites, where she's from, in Bethlehem. Now, she's got these two daughter-in-laws that have become her family. See, marriage happens then. Obviously, now we look at that and we say, oh, yeah, this is all kind of our family. But, but in this day and age, it really is the woman leaving their family to become part of this new family unit. They take on the religion. They take on the customs. They do everything of their new culture if it's changed when marriage takes place. Now, Naomi knows what she has coming for her. She knows that it's not going to be an easy road. She knows that uh, she's going to have to beg and depend on others to take care of her. And so she pleads with her daughters-in-law to, to leave her. She tells them, she gives them the out. She says, go back to your family. Go back to your families. Go back to your gods. You are still young enough that you can remarry and, and, and they will take care of you and, and you will have options and you need to go. Well, Orpah takes her up on that offer. Now, I will say this. It's begrudgingly. Orpah doesn't want to leave, okay? She doesn't want to leave mom. That, that's not uh, her goal. And, and, and she, she kind of fights her at first, but she sees the logic in it. She sees the logic in it. She sees uh, that, that the situation is, is forming into a bad one and that, honestly, this would be best for her. And so she, she takes her up on it and she says, okay, I go, I'll go. And, and she goes back to her family. Well, Ruth is not having it. And even Naomi, she begs her to, to, to go and says, hey, look, even Orpah's leaving. And she just says, hey, I'm not going to have it. And so Ruth shows us what loyalty is. Ruth shows us what loyalty is. This is what happens in Ruth chapter 1, 15 through 18. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to leave. See, real loyalty stands by someone even when they're giving you an out. Even when they're giving you the excuse to leave, real loyalty says, it doesn't matter what you're telling me, I'm here. It doesn't matter that you're asking me to leave, I'm by your side. That's the type of people that we're supposed to be. That's the type of friend that we're supposed to be. Loyalty says that even though it would be easier for me to, to not be a part of this situation, I'm not going anywhere. And I, I'm still going to be a part of it, and I'm sticking by your side, and we are in this together. Now, this has applications in so many areas. You think about friendship, you think about marriage, you think about church. I think so often in life, we've gotten to the stage where, hey, if this just isn't working for me, if it doesn't benefit me 100%, then I'm going to bounce. I'm out of it. I don't need that friendship. I don't need this marriage. I, I'm leaving this church because, hey, it's just not working out for me. Now, listen, I need you to hear me. I'm not saying that there are not times when it's good to leave a friendship because there are times where that's the best option for your sanity and for your health and for the relationship overall for you to just take a step back. And the Bible gives us examples of when it is okay to leave a marriage, infidelity. I would also tell you that God does not want you to stay in an abusive relationship, whether that be physical or emotional. Okay? So there are times where that is the right decision. There are times when you must leave the church that you're at. You fought for it. You've tried to stay. You've done everything that you can do and just something is not working there. 
And maybe you feel in your heart that God is calling you elsewhere. I'm not saying that that doesn't occur. What I am saying is that I think too often we arrive to those decisions far too easily. Far too easily. We are people, not just the church, but all of us, the entire world. We are people who have let loyalty in our lives slip for the excuse of, well, it wasn't best for me. And we shouldn't be that way. Roos added toward, added, added toward, two words put there, got an attitude and toward. Roos' attitude toward Naomi is the same attitude that God shows all of us. Okay, now I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me, and you just see if you kind of fit into this situation. There have been so many times in my life where I've screwed up. I sinned again, I didn't keep a promise to God I said I would keep. He was leading me to do something, and I, for whatever reason, cowardice or whatever you want to call it, I didn't do it. And then I just feel like I've completely failed. And I feel like I'm worthless, and I feel like God doesn't need to be spending his time or attention on me, and I let him off the hook. I can hear myself having this conversation with God. God, I don't even know why you try. Like literally every time... I, I say something's not going to happen. It happens. I'm trying to push forward. I'm trying to, to be in this right relationship. I'm trying to make good decisions all the time. But there are still times where I screw up. There are still times where I slip up. God, you, you, this is way, a waste of your time. You might as well just let me go to hell. Now, I don't know. If, if I'm the only one that has those conversations, that's fine. But I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way at times in life where we feel unworthy of the relationship that we have with God, where we tell God, don't waste your time on me anymore. Now, I know that on multiple occasions, I have given that statement to God. I've given him that out. God, you don't have to be God right now. You can leave me alone. You can just let me, leave me up to my own devices and not worry. But you know what? Not one time has God ever taken me up on that offer. Not one time. In fact, it's in those times where I feel the lowest, where I feel the darkest, where I feel the most unworthy, that I feel God the most. And that's what loyalty is. Loyalty is saying, even in your darkest moments, I will be there. I will be there. And I know he's God. I know he's God. But I am sure that there are times in life where if God rolls his eyes, I have caused one. Like there's been times I've done something and God's just like, oh, here we go again. Come on, Paul. Here we go again. But yet I know that he's not going to turn his back on me. I know that he won't because I know that I've done things plenty of times where he could have and he never did. And he never did. We are supposed to be that type of people in life for those ones that we love and even people that we don't love. We are supposed to be there through thick and thin. I've been fortunate enough in my life to find that, I feel like, in a number of relationships. And I know that not everybody gets that. And I know that not everybody gets that. But if, if we're wanting that, then we have to be those types of people as well. If that's what we want out of life, we have to be those types of people as well. Listen to this verse. I find this verse so interesting. This is Isaiah forty nine fifteen. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Even if your mother forgets you, even if your father turns his back on you, even if your parents say, this is our child, but this is not our child, right? Even, in a, even if at some point in life you feel like, hey, I've been abandoned or I was abandoned or 
I'm adopted and my real parents didn't want me and, and you're struggling with that in your life. Think about this. Even though your mother and your father may have forgotten you, God never will. God never will. That's a promise that he makes. It's not just something he says flippantly. Even if the one person that's supposed to take care of you in your life forgets about you, God will not. That's who we're dealing with. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. See, there's something in us that God has an attachment to. It's the fact that we are His creation. It's the fact that we are His own. It's the fact that He calls us sons and daughters. That even in times where we feel like we are alone, even in times where we feel like we can't do it, even in times where we feel like maybe God has turned His back on us, He's still there. He's still there. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what situation you come from. It doesn't matter what people in your life have done to you. Or, and it doesn't matter how people have maybe made you feel about yourself. God sees ultimate worth in you. And he will never forget you. And he will not disown you. We should be like Ruth. and We should be like God in our loyalty for the ones we love. As the story continues... Ruth and Naomi find their way back to Bethlehem, and Ruth suggests going to the fields to pick up the leftover grains. She knows that they need to be provided for, and right now it's the best option they have. It's that or beg. So there was like this ancient um, food bank, we'll call it, system for people when they, they didn't have food, right? They could follow behind the workers in the field, and if they found leftovers, they could keep them for themselves, right? If the workers were picking so fast, once they got behind, the poor could follow behind them, and they could collect, and they could collect and they could eat off that. And so that's what Ruth is doing. She's, she's basically living on, on the chance that somebody in front of her in the field is going to make a mistake. And she goes out to the fields, because Naomi instructs her to, she goes out to the fields that belong to a relative of Naomi named Boaz. This is what it says in chapter 2, 8 through 12. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the jars that the men have filled. Filled. After this, she bowed down her face to the ground and she asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Listen to Boaz's reply. Listen to this. Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Loyalty is rewarded. Loyalty is rewarded. All the time. It is rewarded. When you're a loyal friend, people want to be your friend. And you know what loyalty also inspires? Reciprocity. I hope I said that word right. They want to be loyal back. Right? When you're loyal to somebody, they are going to be loyal in return. It inspires that within them. Because they remember, when I was going through this time, so-and-so was there for me. Now I'm going to be there for them when they need me. Loyalty 
is rewarded. When you're a loyal employee, your employer will trust you with more. They will trust you with more. If they trust you with more, guess what? It's going to be harder for them to ever let you go. If they know day in and day out, Jerrica's going to be here. She's going to be here on time. She's going to do her job. I know that I can trust her with something that I need, her, need done. And so now she's involved in all these things, and, and it's going to be a lot harder for her employer to say, well, sorry, Jerrica, we've got to let you go. Why? Because loyalty is rewarded. And we all know that makes sense. Hopefully we've all been employed before. Some of us haven't. We're too young. Maybe not. You're all not too young. Get jobs. Just kidding. Uh, I was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. When you're loyal in your marriage, when you're loyal in your marriage, it encourages honesty and open communication. See, if a person knows, if a person knows that you are not going to go anywhere, then you are going to get the best of that person. You're going to get the most real side of that person. You're not going to have to live guessing how it is that they feel and how it is that they think because they are going to trust that regardless of what they say to you, you are going to stick by them and you are going to stand by them. And that's a wonderful thing. And here's the thing. If people will trust us with the real side of things, if they'll trust us in the best of times, then they're going to trust us in their worst times as well. And I want that. I'm just speaking for me personally. I want that. I want people to be real. I want to know how people are really feeling. I want to know when things aren't going well. I hope that I inspire that. I hope that people know that I would be there for them and that I care and that I truly do love and that it honestly doesn't matter what it is that they have to say, that, that there's not judgment coming from me, but, but that I'm going to stand by them and I'm going to fight with them to get through and over whatever hill or obstacle that they are facing. And if we really truly desire real relationships, then we have to be loyal. We have to be loyal. There's no other option. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. You will earn a good reputation. So as the story continues, Ruth continues to, to go work in Boaz's fields and to collect for her and Naomi until Naomi decides, hey, Ruth, enough is enough. And so she knows Boaz's schedule. She knows that he's going to have a late night working on the threshing floor where they're kind of preparing all the things that they've collected. And she says, hey, listen, don't let him know that you're there, right? Don't let him know that you're there. Wait till he falls asleep. But when you fall asleep, go lay at his feet. Now, there's some out there that will say that this is a scandalous act. I am not in that field. I'm not in that camp that think that this is a scandalous act. This is a sign of servitude. See, oftentimes when masters and their servants were out traveling, the servant would lay at the feet of the master. It was a sign of submission, but it was also a sign of loyalty, and they were even permitted to um, share the garment, the, the edge of the garment with their master as they were traveling about doing whatever it is that they were doing. So Ruth is simply coming to Boaz and saying, I'm yours if you'll have me. And so at some point in the night, he startles awake, and he sees Ruth at his feet, and apparently he doesn't see so well because he says, hey, who are you? And she says, well, it's, it's I, it's Ruth, and I would like you to fulfill the role of kinsman redeemer. 
Now what that is, is, is basically uh, another foolproof way of, of having protection for ladies back in this day and age and culture. What it would be is, uh, if you were married into a family and your husband died, the next closest male relative had the option to, to, to take you in their home and, and to be your husband, to take you as their wife. And so Ruth is basically asking for Boaz to do this. She's saying, I, if, if you will do this, this is what I would like for you to do. Well, Boaz, and we'll read about it, I think Boaz, um, he, he says, well, I would love to do this. I would love to do this, but there's a relative closer than I. So I'm going to have to check with him first. So you stay here. You don't go anywhere, but I'm going to check with him. And this is kind of the exchange. Uh, Ruth 9 through 13, who are you, he asked. I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for, all, I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night and in the morning if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if not, if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until the morning. So he says, hey, stay here. I'm going to go check. I'm going to make sure that this is okay, that he's not going to be upset that I do this, but I would love to do it. Why would he love to do it? Because he knows, just like everybody else in the town, verse 11, all the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Why? Because her reputation precedes her. Because her reputation that she has built by being a loyal friend and a loyal daughter and a loyal person has shown Boaz that she can be trusted and that she's worthy of his trust. I think that's an awesome thing. If only all of us inspired that feeling in the people that we deal with on a daily basis. See, our reputations matter. And loyalty is a defining factor of that. Proverbs 20.11 says, Even small children are known by their actions. So is their conduct really pure and upright? It's a question. Here's the thing. Even little kids, right? And this is the angle that Scripture's taking. Even little kids that don't know anything, right, that are crazy, that are running around all the time, you're having to chase them with switches and tell them to stop and get them in line. Like, even they are held accountable for their reputation. Even they are held accountable for whether they do right or wrong. So us, we who are supposed to be adults, I say supposed to be, we who are supposed to be adults, are we upright? Can people look at us and, and, and not find a way to judge us? Can people say they're loyal? Can people say they're trustworthy? Can people say that they show the love of God? Reputations precede us. Every time we apply for a job, what is it that they ask us for? References, right? References. Why? Because they want to know as much about us as they possibly can before they agree to put their trust in us, before they agree to hand over their money, before they agree to trust our words, before they agree to give us responsibility. They want to know as much as they possibly can about us. If we want people to trust our God, and we want people to enter into a relationship with God. We have to be people of good repute. We have to be people who are respected. Because it's through us that people see who God is. What are you showing them that God is?
Who are you showing them that God is? Is God loyal? Or does God run every time that there's trouble? Ruth was a person who would not leave the ones that she loved, regardless of the situation. She was there through thick and thin. Be that for somebody today. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you right now and thank you for this word. I thank you for the example that Ruth was. I thank you for what she teaches us about loyalty. I thank you for the fact, God, that we see just unrecognizable strength and determination and loyalty through her story. God, you show us what it is that we are supposed to be. You show us how it is that we are supposed to act towards the ones that we love, and you do all that through Ruth. And the thing that I I find most amazing is how closely her character is to yours. Because God, you are loyal, and you do not leave us, and you do not forsake us, and you do not turn your back on us, even when we tell you that it's okay, even when we feel unworthy, even when we are unworthy. You still call us child. You still tell us that we are loved. And that is something, that is something that is just too valuable to comprehend. Help us to be people in this world and in this day who can be counted on, who people can love and respect and know that we're going to be around regardless of what they're going through. God, we ask for this strength in your son's name. Amen.